This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And again, I am so thankful for you taking the time to enjoy this podcast. So how's your Easter? I know for me, this Easter just felt really strange. For example, this is the first ever Easter that churches wanted to be empty, (laughs) right? Due to social distancing, usually on Easter Sunday, right? We want our churches packed out. Matter of fact, Pastors, we say, invite your friends. Let's pack the service out. Let's make it as full as it can be. But this Sunday, we did the exact opposite. We said, stay home. Now, we did encourage you to invite your friends to watch us and join us on our live stream. And speaking of that, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you to those of you who did join us. Uh, we had more people come to our live stream than probably what we ever would have had come to our Sunday morning service. And so we are so grateful for you. And there are those of you who are still having views of our live stream. So we appreciate you as well. But again, I, I'm just so grateful. Uh, one of the things that we did that was a lot of fun for our church is during our live stream, we had a virtual Easter egg hunt. So while I'm talking, eggs were popping up on the screen. During our worship time, we had eggs that were hidden in lyrics. So it it was a lot of fun. We just wanted to do something creative for the people that were watching the service live stream. And and hopefully, uh, for those of you that watched, you had a lot of fun for that. We also did our best to try to keep some level of normalcy for our Easter. So when I got home, you know, from the service, we actually had our kids do an Easter egg hunt. And it was fun. It was fun, you know, watching our kids run in the backyard and hunt and find and get so excited for their eggs and just finding money, which I was like, man, I should have looked for an egg. (laughs) But, you know, we were just so grateful for our kids and just being able to to watch them. And, you know, one of the things that I I was able to do on Easter Sunday is is I did did just that. I I just kind of stepped back. And I just looked at my wife, who is absolutely amazing, and just seeing her taking the time to stuff the eggs and hide the eggs, and and just seeing the sheer joy that she got out of watching our kids search for the eggs. So, So watching that was just such a blessing. And then just being able to watch my kids, and and I just was, I was just grateful for health and for the opportunity of being able to be there with my family. And then, you know, later on, I was able to talk to my mom. I got a text from my dad. So there were just so many blessings to be grateful for. And I want to encourage you with that. You know, with COVID-19 right now, it's just so easy for us to focus on what we've lost or, or what the struggles are, what the difficulties might be. I just want to challenge you maybe to take a step back and just Look around. Look at what you're grateful for. If you're married, look at your look at your wife. If you have kids, look at your children. If you're single and you have friends, be thankful for them. 
Be thankful for your singleness because your singleness is a gift as well. Yeah, just, just look at your family. Just try to find as many ways as possible to be thankful as we are trying to navigate and go through this time together. But I, I, I just want to encourage us. Let's keep praying. Let's keep praying that this thing turns around. And I know that it's going to be a lot longer than what Trump wants it to be. <laughs> you know. But let's keep praying that this thing turns around and that we're able to get back to some sense of normalcy as soon as possible. But, you know, this Sunday, we finished a series that we've been doing called The Power of Hope. And so for our first week, we looked at how to discover our hope. The second week, we looked at how to keep hope alive. And this Sunday, we looked at what do we do when we've lost our hope. And so we just did a case study through the life of a guy named Peter, one of Jesus' followers. I'm not going to go through the whole message right now. I'm going to take us a little bit different direction. So I do want to encourage you, go back and watch our live stream. You can find it on our website, encountercommunity.church. Just click the link that says uh, live stream replay. And you can go back and you can watch it. You can fast forward it. You can rewind it. You can throw eggs at my face. <laughs> you might say that my head, my head looks like an egg, you know, wherever it might be. But it's just, it's just there for you to be able to, to partake of and to be able to enjoy. And I really do hope that it will give you a sense of encouragement as you watch it as well. And so, you know, with that, one of the things I, I love about the Bible is that the Bible is not afraid to talk about the flaws and the struggles and the wrestles of those who follow God. Like, it, we, we, we walked through the life of Peter and we saw, you know, his rise and his belief and maybe his hope was placed in the wrong place. And when Jesus Christ was tried and arrested, how Peter's hopes were just dashed, so much so that he denied knowing Jesus. And then to have the resurrection happen and Peter be restored, it was just such an amazing, an amazing story. But I, I love that. The reason why we have those kind of stories is because the Bible is not afraid to show the flaws and the wrestles of people who, who go to situations where they wrestle with their hope. Another example that I love is a guy named David. Middle of the Bible is a book called Psalms. If you just pretty much open any Bible to the middle, it's called Psalms, unless you are using a Bible app. <laughs> then it's not in the middle. But other than that, it's just really a beautiful, a beautiful book because it's composed of Psalms. Psalms means songs. And so these are songs that were written. And so there are songs of celebration, songs of joy, but there are also songs of sorrow and songs of brokenness. And there are songs of forgiveness and thanking God for his forgiveness. There are also songs where David says, look, I have blown it and here's how I have blown it. But God, thank you so much for your forgiveness of me. So it's beautiful because Psalms really does a great job of, catch, of capturing the wrestles of the human spirit. I, I love that. Matter of fact, one psalm may resonate with what some of you are feeling today. Psalm 69, verses 1 through 3. It says, Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water, and the floods overwhelm me. I am exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched, 
My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. And again, one of the reasons why I love that psalm is because of its honesty. So I want to make this really clear. And I've said this before, and I will probably say this until the day that I die, because I want to make sure that we really get it. Hope and faith are not tools of denial. It's not that I deny what it is that I'm facing in front of me. I can be broken and still be hopeful. Matter of fact, the psalm that we're going to walk through right now will give us a picture of that. But I can be. I can be disappointed and still be hopeful. I can have doubts and still hold on to my faith. So I, I want to make sure that you understand that. That just because you have hopes doesn't, I mean, just because you have doubts doesn't mean that you walked away from your faith. Just because you wrestle with fear doesn't mean that you walked away from your faith. It just means that you're human. It just means that you're real. And, and God invites that realness in our relationship with him. Because once we can be real in those ways, then we can really begin to connect with God in ways that he's designed us to connect with him and have relationships with him. So I do, I, I love it. In Psalm 13, verses 1 and 2, it says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? So do you think he's wrestling with hope? Do you think he's wrestling with doubt in that moment? How, how long will you forget me? And the next statement is, forever? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long, was my, how long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? So just, just listen to that and just get a sense of what David is struggling with as he put these words to a pen and just began to express what he's feeling. I, I, again, I, I love that we have passages like this in scripture because I, I, have some, I have seen some teachers who have taught falsely about what faith looks like. And again, as I've said before, many times we're taught that faith is denial of what I'm going through and what I'm feeling of my human condition. And I've already said that, so I'm not going to go too much further into that. But I, but I think it's so true. I think it's so true in the sense of being able to say that, no, that, that's, that's, that's not what faith is at all. Faith is persevering. I acknowledge what I feel. I acknowledge what I'm going through. I acknowledge what I'm dealing with. I acknowledge my disappointment, my frustrations, my fears. I acknowledge it all, and I'm, I'm, and I'm very real with it. And I think God's okay with that. You know, one of the things I always love to say is God's a big boy, and he can handle our disappointment. <laughs> he really can. And it's, it's when we're real with God that we can also find healing from God. But I, I look at that. How long? How long? How long? How many of you have kids? How many of you have been kids? You know what I'm talking about. You're on that road trip across the country. 
and you've been sitting in the back seat of your car for hours. Now, kids today, I sound like an old man. Now, kids today, I don't know what an old man sounds like. That was probably really terrible. But, but kids today don't know what it's like to sit in the back of a car for four hours, right? You don't, we, we didn't have iPhones and iPads and Androids and, and movie DVD players in cars. We didn't have that when we were kids. You know what we had? Look, mom, there's cows on the side of the road. That's what we had. Let's see how many horses we can count. We had the alphabet game. You guys remember that? The alphabet game where you look for letters on the road signs. You remember? That's what we had. We had roadside bingo. <laughs> <laughs> right? We didn't have any freaking iPhones or anything like that to keep us entertained. So a question that we asked a ton when we were kids, mom, dad, how much longer? How much longer? One of the examples of this that I, I, I love, this is, this is one of my favorite ones, is my son's, my son's Boy Scout leader, Really great guy, really great guy who invests in kids. He just loves the opportunity to be able to do so. But one of the funny things that he always does is whenever we're hiking, you always get inevitably one kid that will say, hey, uh, Mr. Custer, how much longer do we have? And his response is always the same, about 15 more minutes. <laughs> it doesn't matter how long it is. It doesn't matter how far we have to go. His answer is always the same, ah, about 15 more minutes. It's just, it's just hilarious. Those kind of just statements that he that he has, but but we do wonder that right? How how long are we going to be on this journey? Like how long? Isn't it going to come to a point? Come to an end at some point? And how much longer is that? Isn't that one of the questions that we find ourselves asking right now with COVID nineteen? How much longer? How much longer? And I know one of the things that, that I'm enjoying is I was watching our the California's governor Gavin Newsom. I was talking about how he and the governor of Oregon and the governor of Washington, that they're working together and they're gonna, they're gonna work together to create a release, you know, the minimalization of social distancing to kind of gradually eventually work our way out of it once it is time. I, I love that. I, I love seeing our governors coming together and I love seeing the camaraderie that has happened with COVID-19 as well. There have been some really, really beautiful things that I've seen and I am so grateful for that. But how long? I don't know. 15 more minutes? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how much longer it's gonna be. But I think we can all agree with David and, and that feeling. And it goes on to say, turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But, but I love in verse 3, it says, Restore the sparkle to my eyes, or I will die. Restore the sparkle to my eyes. Give me hope. Give me life. Give it to me once again. G give, me that, give me that purpose. Give me that reason for living. Give me that reason for existing. Give me that once again, Lord because I feel like I'm losing sight of it. I, I, and I, again, that's, that's why I love the, the honesty of this passage. And so I, I just want to tell you that make sure that when you are going through this process that you find people that you can be real with, 
people that will allow you to be real. Anytime that someone says, well, you know, you're a believer, you're not supposed to feel that way. Just walk away. <laughs> just walk away. Just walk away. Just unfriend them. Just unfollow them. <laughs> because the truth is, that's just not reality. That's just not reality. And the reality is you are supposed to feel what it is that you feel. There's no denying it. So why? So why pretend that you don't? Just come to God. Just bring it to him. And just ask him, God, restore the sparkle in my eye. Because I feel like I'm losing it. I feel like I'm losing it. So here is this passage. And you think that as this passage continues to go on, it's going to get darker, right? It's going to get more difficult. It's going to get more heavy. That's what you would think. But all of a sudden it shifts. And it says this in verse, in verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. Now, here's the thing that's really interesting. Look at the language before. Because when you look at the language before, it's, it's one of languishing, right? He's lamenting, like, how long will this be? But yet in the statement, he says, you have rescued me. So why the dichotomy, right? Is David practicing? The no-, no, he's not. I think there's two things happening here. I think David is just looking forward. And he's looking forward to God rescuing him. God, you're going to get me through this. You are going to get me through this. And although I, although I might not see how you rescued me, you have. You have. And even if that rescue, Father, is me leaving this mortal plane to go be with you. Now, let me make this really clear. Not leaving this mortal plane because I take myself from this mortal plane. No, that, that's not faith. That's not faith at all. I, I persevere in this mortal plane. But in this mortal plane, I believe that God, you have rescued me. And if you have rescued me here, then I will say praise you here. And if that rescue means I go be with you, then I will praise you there. But no matter what it is, I will continue to praise you and push forth in my adoration of you. And then he says this, I will sing to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord. Because what? He is good to me. Now, wait, wait. You just said, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I wrestle with, I struggle with anguish in my soul? Sorrow my heart every day. How long will my enemy have the upper hand? I mean, it just goes on and on where David is lamenting. And yet David is saying, because he's good to me. He's good to me. So I think it's important for us to understand that the goodness of God is not predicated upon the goodness of our conditions. The goodness of God is still predicated on the fact that he loves us. That he cares about us that he's committed to us, that he draws us, that he forgives us, that he renews us, that he heals us, that he calls us. I mean, we could continue to go on and on, but it's, it's about that. He, he, he's good to me. So again, his goodness is not based upon my circumstances working out really well, going really well. 
So can I declare right now that God is good if I get the virus? Can I declare right now that God is good if I go through financial struggle? Can I declare that God is good when I face loss? Can I declare that God is good then? Can I look beyond what I see in front of me to be able to see his mastery of life? Can I do that? Can I do that? And if I can, if I can, then what will happen is my hope will be restored. So again, one of the things that I love to do is I love to take nuggets from last Sunday and look at how can we take them and apply them to our life through the podcast. And although we've taken the podcast in a different direction by talking about a different guy who has wrestled with hope, there is still some goodness that we can see connected with the two. And the key to hope is restoration. Whether I am immediately restored, because that's what happened with Peter. Peter's hope was restored because he was restored by Jesus. Jesus welcomed him back in the fold immediately because that's just who Jesus is. Or whether it's me looking forward to the restoration that is to come. But if I could do that, then I have my hope. And, and also hope is this, it's true focus. See, the reason why Peter lost his hope is because his hope in Jesus was placed in the wrong place. His hope in Jesus was placed in Jesus being something that Jesus was not called to do and was not called to be. So when Jesus fulfilled his true calling, Peter was disappointed and it killed his hope. But because of Jesus fulfilling his true calling, when Jesus died and then Jesus rose again, he sought out the disciples, but specifically he sought out Peter. And why? Because he wanted Peter to know that, that my brother, I love you. We are in this together. And I have called you for a greater purpose. And I am restoring you to your relationship with me. And I am restoring you to that purpose. Oh man, that is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And, and with that, don't allow this situation with COVID-19 to rob you of your hope. Because your hope is connected to the fact that God loves you that he loves you passionately. He loves you passionately. And so again, his goodness is not predicated upon good circumstances. His goodness is not predicated upon good circumstances. Right now, I'm in the sanctuary and I'm looking at a toy. It's a toy that was in our nursery. And it's, it's a really interesting toy. Uh, it's one that I don't know if I can describe it to you, but it's multicolored. It looks like it could be a ball, but you can pull on it. Uh, mostly it's, it's perfect for kids that might be teething, you know, that kind of thing. They can maybe chew on it. And yes, we do disinfect our toys. <laughs> Just to let you know that. But it, it could be perfect, you know, for that. But you know what, I, what I've experienced sometimes? Have you ever felt this? Like, for those of you that have children, you've experienced this. 
Like your, ch- your child's playing. And you give your child a five-minute warning. Like five more minutes, five more minutes, right? And then your child keeps playing. Five minutes happen. So then you go and you take the toy away. And your kid loses his or her ever-loving mind. <laughs> and the reason why is because you've taken my toy away. You've taken my toy away. Because you know what the toy represents to them? It represents something that they really want. It represents something that they really desire. You know what it represents in that moment? It represents their happiness. And you've taken my happiness away. Now, here's what they don't realize. They don't realize you're probably going to feed them dinner. You're probably going to change them. You're probably going to wrestle with them and have fun with them. But eventually, you're going to give them that toy back for them to play with. All they can focus on in that moment is that they've lost their toy. And I think sometimes that's what we do with our hope. Is all we focus on is the fact that what I put my hope in has been taken away from me. My job, my career, my home, my wife, my husband, my child. Whatever is the object of your hope in that moment once it's taken away from us, then sometimes we can react with the same level of brokenness that our kids react when we take their toys away. Now, I wanna make this really clear. I'm not saying that we're being immature. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying at all. But, but what I am saying is this, is that those same raw emotions, those same raw feelings that kids have, we've just adultized them. Right? We've just focused, I don't know if that's a word, but it sounds really good. But we just adultized them, right? We just, we, we just focus on something grand or something bigger. But, but we still feel the same raw emotions. No, we might not throw the same tantrum, right? We're not going to throw ourselves on the ground. Well, well hope not. <laughs> hopefully we don't throw ourselves on the ground and beat on the ground and kick our feet on the ground. And hopefully we're not throwing a tantrum. But sometimes we might. But hopefully not. But there is that raw feeling that we have of, wow, this has been taken away from me. And the longer it's taken away, the longer we can lose our hope. And so that's why I want to make sure that we are putting our hope in the right place. Make sure that you put your hope in something that can't be taken away from you. That way, when you go through difficult situations, your hope is in something bigger. That's why we've been talking about this idea of the hope of eternity. The hope that because I believe in Jesus, I've made a commitment in our relationship with him, that one day I am going to go and be with him. So if I can hold on to that hope, then no matter what it is that I go through, I will be able to overcome no matter what circumstances it is that I find myself in, no matter what I wrestle with, no matter what I deal with, I will be able to overcome. So that's my encouragement with you. Let's put our hope not in our circumstances, not in the goodness of those circumstances. Let's go bigger than that. And let's make sure we put our hope in God and his love, his passion, and his mercy for us. And if we could do that, if we could do that, we can get our hope back if we've lost it. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I am so excited that you have joined us for this series. 
And again, I also wanted to let you know this is next week we are beginning a brand new series. And the name of the series is called Who Needs God? But here's, and here's what we're looking at for this. You know, a better name for it might be, I give up. I give up on God. I give up on Christianity. I give up on religion. I give up on it all. I give up. And I just walk away. So the question, though, is if you do walk away, if, what are you walking away from? And what are you walking away toward? But in this series, we're going to talk about things like the problem of religion. We're going to talk about things like, is God real? We're going to talk about the problem of pain. I mean, we're going to dig into some stuff because one of the reasons why you may have walked away is because you grew up going to church and you heard the stories of David and Goliath. You heard the stories of Jesus walking on the water and you had this, you had this Sunday school image of God. And for example, I'll tell you now, we're facing COVID-19. And for many people, COVID-19 is going to blow away their Sunday school Jesus. So then what do I do with that? And if that's you, and you walked away, thank you for taking the time to listen, if that is you. But if that's you, and you walked away from God, or you know someone who's walked away from God, invite them. Every podcast, every vlog, every message is going to be on touching on some of these issues that can cause us to walk away from our faith and completely give up on God. And let's make it really clear too. If there are people that have done that, let's not be people who are judgmental. That might be one of the reasons why they walked away. We might be one of the reasons why they walked away. So let's not be judgmental. But let's show love. Let's show them the same love that Jesus showed time and time and time again for those who did not know him, and yet they walked away from him. Let's show that same kind of love. Let's not be people who are judgy and judgmental. So I'm excited about this series. It's going to be, for me, it's going to be probably one of the most intellectually challenging series uh, that I've done. Uh, usually me, I'm a very practical guy. Like when I read the scriptures, I look for practicality. Uh, so I'm, you know, I do talk about theology, but I look at theology from a practical standpoint and what does it reveal about God. Uh, for this, this is going to be one of the most intellectually challenging series that I've done. So I'm excited um, about this and what I'm going to learn um, over the course of this series as well. So I hope that you'll be able to join us for it. We're kicking it off this Sunday with our live stream. And this Sunday, we're going to look at the problem of religion, the problem of religion and what we're walking away from and maybe what we're walking away toward. But with that, I, I just want to encourage you, when you get a chance, take a moment and, and rate us. And uh, if you rate us, you know, as I've said before, if you would not rate us five stars, let me know why. Send me a message. I would love to hear what your thoughts are about why you wouldn't rate us that far, that high. But rate us. Because that this is the way that people will find us and find out about us and, and who we are. And I also want to encourage you, if you do know people who have walked away from God, maybe invite them to come and check out this series. And here's what I want to encourage you to do with this series. I am hoping that what this series will cause is conversation, not debate, not argument, 
That's not the goal of this series. This series will not be to to try to argue people into the kingdom. Because if I can argue into the kingdom or back into the kingdom, guess what? Somebody else can come along and they can argue you out of the kingdom. Matter of fact, for those of you, many of you who have walked away, that might be why. That there is someone who gave you a better argument than Sunday school Jesus. So you walked away from it. So the goal of this series is not debate, it's not argument, but maybe what it can do is open up a conversation and dialogue, and we can see where this goes and how God leads us. So again, just a quick reminder that encounter is about three things. The first one is love up. We are a church that is falling madly and passionately in love with God. The second one is love out. Let's do everything that we can to show love to our community, love to those that are around us, and then love in. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's, let's, let's do the best that we can to be physically healthy. Like I said, make sure that you're taking care of yourself with COVID-19. Let's protect one another. Thank you for those of you that are staying home and taking care of yourself. And again, let's make sure that we get as healthy as possible so that we can overcome this thing as quickly as possible. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. I'm so honored that you spend this time with me. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.